Hello and welcome to All the Best Bits, the final episode in this season of bonus content. This is your co-host Kevin and I'm joined for the last time for this season by my cohort, my comrade, co-conspirator, collaborator, colleague, confident, accomplice and co-host, Will All That Jazz Collins. <laughs> All That Jazz. That's a spectacular, a spectacular introduction, Kevin. I thought I would ramp up the energy for this one yeah. so that this would be less of an after-show cooldown as all the other audio commentaries and bonus content episodes have been and more of sort of like a, a pre-show warm-up for the upcoming season Whoa. because this is Robocop which won the poll in our last episode of season one which was best robot scene and it came in with 72% of the vote beating Wally. so for that reason we're doing the audio commentary for that episode I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. I'm honestly delighted <laughs> that Robocop beat Wally in that poll. I was really hoping that this one would come out in top. And listen, thank you to anyone who's managed to listen to all of the bonus content. It genuinely was thank you content. This is, this is buffer content and thank you content for anyone who's listened to us for the full first season. And we just didn't want to leave everyone alone for the whole summer uh, because we know, we know our irritating voices and meanderings um, are a bit of a distraction to some. So yeah, that's why, we, why we're doing this. This is not bonus, but thank you content. That's what I think. We're going to uh, hit play at a specific point and you can listen along uh, while you're watching. But what we found is that a lot of people just listen to it as a regular sort of chit-chat episode. And we're happy for you to that as well. But if you do want to listen along to the film, we're watching it on Blu-ray and we're starting it at 30 seconds in at an Orion Pictures release, that logo. So as soon as we hit play, when we say to hit play, uh, that logo should disappear and the film will start. So... Get yourself set up, but we're going to hit play in three, two, one. Are you ready, Will? Yeah. Uh, hit play. No. I'm off. To- <laughs> oh, I might be. Well, no, I'd okay. say we're probably there together. A very bold introduction. This helicopter shot over. It was Detroit. This is actually Detroit, isn't it? Um, No, I don't think it is Detroit. I think they shot in it was Houston. Oh, Jesus. It was Houston, Texas. Wasn't yes, it? Houston. They shot in, in Dallas. Uh, um, they they didn't shoot in Detroit because it didn't have the architecture that uh, Paul Verhoeven wanted. Um, Dallas, it's Dallas, uh, Texas. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I have done absolutely no research for this because I've seen this film so many times, even on the big screen, as I said in that episode. Yeah, and uh, I thought, oh, fuck it, I just go along with the with the watch and sort of like um. I'll leave all the, the research to you this time. That's okay, Kevin, because I did like an hour of cramming. So I did, <laughs> just had an hour of cramming before, just before this. Um, but you know, I, the Orion, Orion logo, you know the urban myth around the Orion logo? That it's... Um, no. It's the only... Elv, it's Elvis's... The only way Elvis won an Oscar. Apparently, uh, apparently Elvis... For those people who don't believe Elvis died, he continued to perform after he didn't die under the guise of a character of an Elvis impersonator act and his character's name was Orion and apparently he oh, he started Orion Production Company and uh, he won his first, first Oscar when Sons of the Lambs won Best Picture I believe that's how it went but completely hypocrisy where did you get where did you hear this oh this is this is, uh, this is I've fake this, news I've heard this I'm actually sure I heard this from Mark Ramone on Wittertainment I'm pretty sure that's one of his 
go to um, apocryphal uh, urban urban legends. My so, God, I, the amount of shite that they put out on the BBC—it's it's outrageous. Stick with it. And we are watching though the beginning of the film with all these ads. Yeah, there's Dick and, Jones. Uh, yeah, and we're getting to meet Dick Jones, OCP president, and our and our vice president and our villain of this movie. One of the villains. According to so this was all all this uh, televisual um, satire and, Tell me well. and bam, you know slammed together uh, it w- was intentionally uh, a satirical take by the writers um, in Newmeyer and um, Minor I can't remember his first name um, yeah Minor and but it was completely went over the head of Paul Verhoeven according to Paul Verhoeven himself he just went I don't know I just thought it was a once I actually read it I thought it was a fun script and I just let the social commentary to those guys. Um, so we're straight into the police uh, detective's office uh, the Detroit detective's office and I like the sergeant and you know typical of uh, 80s movies everybody's an interesting face yeah it's great to look at everything is smoky the sets are smoky and people get thrown about the office they've just kicked out some lawyers and stuff like that here comes Ireland's own Murphy (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what won it for me with the poll (laughs) <laughs> I loved in that in that episode when you started adding the uh, <laughs> was it the national anthem? <laughs> Brilliant, being really extra manipulative. Yeah, he got this part over a few other actors, and um, one of them was uh, well, they wanted to get Schwarzenegger, but he was too big and bulky. Yeah, and um. Uh, who's Michael. that guy James Remar who I forgot to mention on Aliens yeah uh, he, he was originally Hicks he was going to be him and he turned it down yeah and um Keith Carradine and, uh, yeah uh, but he got it because they felt he had a, a slim enough build that he'd be able to sort of um fit within the suit and it wouldn't look too bulky yeah did a nightmare he 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 was either fired or walked off the set um, and this by who did um, uh, P- Peter Weller um, because oh himself and Verhoeven really fell out um, because he was getting really frustrated he was having to come in for costume like uh, when everyone else was going out for drinks you know it was so early and he was oh his, I imagine back then it was like you know 12 hours before your day begins you're sitting yeah, in a makeup that, chair that's what he was saying he was, I think when he did the, like go to it later on but basically what happened was he had rehearsed all the body motion um, for six months solidly trying to get the movement uh, in the suit right. And then when he got the suit, which the suit wasn't even finished by the time they actually started shooting, when he got the suit, all of his technique that he'd rehearsed just didn't work with the suit. And he became inc- mm. supremely uh, irritated and irritable. And uh, he walked off the set. And they were going to, Verhoeven was quite happy to fire him. But the producer stepped in and says, yeah, well, no one else can fit the suit. So it's tailor-made for him. So you better make up. So um, the two of them were forced. He's there. really great in this part, though, I think. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and about- she was actually, Nancy Allen, who is getting introduced right now, she was also um, a late replacement. Oh. She wasn't the first choice either. It was um, Stephanie Zimbalist, who, uh, you, if you don't know that yeah. name, she was Pierce Brosnan's. Uh, partner in Remington Steel. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Just like Remington Steel fucked up Pierce Brosnan's chances to become Bond during the Timothy Dalton era, 
Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Zimbalist had to drop out of Robocop because of uh, Remington Steel, uh, the contract on that. Yeah. So uh, Nancy Allen was a, a last-minute replacement. And I also think Nancy Allen is great in this. She's great. And a gr- that was a great character introduction for her character. Like, she just came... <laughs> she got she got kicked around, and she booted the shit out of the guy who was trying to rough her up. She she took a knock at you yeah. and, back and kicked the crap out of him. And, you know, immediately... But look at this. We're, we're right into the action. Yeah. They've just been thrown together. They're new partners. He... Uh, Murphy has taken the sort of the locker of a man who was killed in action. You tell mm-hmm. you can tell that the city is just rife with crime, and um, yeah. our big cops are out on patrol. Yeah, we're getting to meet the OCP scumbags. Where uh, the execs are going up to the office. That's Miguel Ferrer, and um, I listened to a couple of cool isn't interviews. Isn't he? With him. Isn't he Clooney's cousin? I think. Oh, you learned that he's and his dad is a famous writer, director, actor who was also in one of our best bits uh, film picks. His dad is Jose Ferrer, who was in Dune, who played the emperor in Dune. And, uh, oh. Cousins. So is Jose Ferrer's sister Rosemary Clooney? So, well, it's, it just says Jose Ferrer is the uncle of George Clooney. So that's what it said in the Wikipedia that I saw anyway. So, um, right, cause I don't know how it worked. They're both related to Rosemary Clooney. Yeah, and here we have... I think. Dan O'Halloran and Ronnie Cox together. Dan O'Hurley. Dan O'Hurley, another Irishman. Yeah, Miguel Ferreira. That's such an 80s boardroom. All the screens. You could be on the set of Scrooged with all those TV screens. Jesus, yeah. But Miguel Ferreira, he was a starving, he was literally a starving actor at this stage. And he would have taken any job and he got the script and he was, his agent was going to put him up for the, one of the, the, the gang guys, one of the, uh, you, um, Kirkwood Smith's thugs. thugs. And he read, he saw the, this part of, um, this part of this junior exec and he just went, I think I know that guy. I, I feel like he'd give him a shot. And, uh, so he just kind of chanced his arm and waited on an extra few weeks and kind of was cursing himself thinking, what if they've already cast the hoods, I haven't a chance for this. And, but when he went up for the role, he was perfect. So yeah, kind of made his career. He really, he's, he's like, um, he's like a, a load of CAA agents all amalgamated into one. And you know what's gas? That's exactly what he said he based his character on. The agents that he... Really? He, CAA? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The agents back, he was around the town in the, in the 80s. Just coked up. A lot of them yeah. lawyers, just guys who would sell their grandmothers to the Nazis for a dime. That's exactly what he said. And... Um, <laughs> oh my God. Just ambitious bastards. Well, he nailed it. And, yeah, he did. He really did. Fantastic performances. I like that um, the black guy who's always smiling and so enthused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a moment at the very end when um when Dick goes out the window and he's falling to his death and the black guy is standing up and just looking ecstatic to see the senior uh, VP get blown away. It's weird. I always sympathise with that guy. I always sympathise. He's the only exec I sympathise with. He seems to be on the right side of this. No matter what. I don't know what's that he writes his expression. He has the right expression. He came back for the sequels as well. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go to um, a scene which caused me childhood trauma. The introduction of Ed to Really? Yeah. I talked about this in the um, in the... I'm sure I talked about this in one of the episodes. I don't know if we cut it. But... um. I remember picking up this. TV I would this. never, never cut anything. 
I probably cut up myself. I honestly can't remember. <laughs> but um, do you remember when you first saw this film? I don't actually, to be honest with you. I remember. I remember seeing the poster before I'd seen the film because the poster used to always be in the video shop window. Yeah. Dad and Predator. And I always just thought, oh, I'd love to see came what out, those films they, were about. They came out around the same time and I, by, by, by pure chance, walked into the video library on the Friday when they stocked the new films. And by pure chance, there was a 150 section, which was like the new release section. And there was Robocop sitting in this 150 section. And I just thought, this is going to be a cool kid family. This looks like a cool superhero movie. Not, think, not seeing the 18s rating on it. Um, and I took it home. And truly, if you watch the director's cut, what's going to happen is the junior exec is going to get absolutely pummeled with bullets. I... To this day, still believe I saw the director's cut of the scene, of the beat that's about to happen. Because I was traumatised. I well, didn't watch this film. Oh, it was awful. I'm pretty sure we're watching the director's cut now because the, the Blu-ray um, that was remastered is the director's cut. It, there's only about 10, 20 seconds, oh. I think, of a difference. So this, if it's true, it's gonna be, this is the one with 200 squibs. They have 200, he gets shot with 200 squibs, this, this junior exec. It goes on way too long. It goes from being a, a burst of violence to like just, it's just excessive. It's really stop, excessive. Stop, stop. He's already dead. Yeah. And the tension, this dread, the 15 seconds, this, I find this terrifying. Where every, all of a sudden everyone realizes you've got. Do you know what is, I would have done? Fire. I would have, I would have ran out of the room and gone down the stairs because I can't go downstairs. <laughs> he didn't know that at the, in the moment. <laughs> here we go he's getting absolutely shot to pieces I'll tell you now if this is the director's cut by just by this I'll tell you I know by this yeah yeah this is the director's cut yeah this is the director's cut oh my god I felt it was more I felt it was more I felt it was longer shot tenderized oh Jesus that's rough but the actor that is all in good fun he had they had to they redid that the first time they did it uh, Verhoeven wasn't happy with the, how it looked so they had to rebuild the set and to reshoot him getting or maybe they only rebuilt that little section that he's lying on to 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 show him getting shot again and the, the actor said it was and like getting punched every time the squid went off, swind off it was like getting punched it's horrible <laughs> and just to uh, reiterate they turned this into a children's Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> they would turn Rumble anything Cup. into a children's Saturday morning cartoon back in the eighties. They did Rambo as well. Rambo, Rambo is a, this. a children's cartoon. But it's oh, it's weird. Yeah. I find, but you know what I find now? What I find is happening is that the reverse is happening. They're turning, uh, like they're turning that uh, uh, oh no not the reverse I've seen the same thing happening because uh, I just watched Space Jam A New Legacy with my kids in the cinema today and oh it, god I know Jesus, was, I'm glad I don't have kids I know man and they were like putting in the Matrix and Game of Thrones and all this sort of stuff and I went <laughs> I saw that what the fuck was that about that makes no sense oh, it's just like hang on a second this is this this means nothing to the kids. And Clockwork just, Orange as well. Oh, Clockwork Orange and uh, like it's the clown from it, and it was just major <laughs> long. And that's like who was that for? You know how they used to say that Pixar were great because they would put in jokes for the parents. 
But that's like, you know, what's that? IP baiting for parents? That's all it was. It was just like, look what Warner Brothers has. It's the whole thing. This is what this is Warner Brothers' roster of characters and franchises. Aren't we great? Don't forget about these things when we try to make more dollars off them. I love, I, we know we're back with Alex Murphy and uh, Nancy Allen, and um, I love him spinning his uh, his his pistol, and it becomes such a... Because he's, he's like a cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Because he's emulating his kid's um, hero, TV hero. Barney. <laughs> I love Murphy. Like, Murphy's such a likable guy. You know, he's just... He and is. he gets an and I like, unjust death. And I like the fact that they're a mixed couple. Yeah. Uh, and they just get on. Mm-hmm. In Grabbers, I originally had that in mind for um, the O'Shea and Lisa. They were just, uh, they were going to become really good friends at the end. And it wasn't going to become romantic. Yeah. But the producers and everybody decided. It's got to be romantic. Um, to add a kiss. And I was like, but I've not had any, you know, I've not been really setting up a, a romantic relationship. Yeah. Didn't, they didn't change any scenes, but the scenes were all meant to be just like, you know, um, clumsy sort of uh, um, camaraderie that was building up between them until they got to a point where they both valued, respected, trusted and really liked each other. And if there was a romantic relationship that was going to come, it was going to come after the movie was over. Mm-hmm. But they sort of... As in this big kiss at the end, and then it became sort of like um, uh, sort of a meet cute rom com, which I wasn't. I was going more for a buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, Kevin. You're right. <laughs> I mentioned I this in the car chase uh, section of the robot scene. Yeah, I love the music in this. This uh, film has come up quite a few times for us across the across season one. So we firmly it's gone into the penalty box now. We can't really pull on it. But we're meeting we're meeting Clarence Clarence Bodyguard and he's he's again interesting looking gang of goons as Murphy and uh, and Nancy Allen. Why can't I remember Nancy Allen's character's name? Um they're Lewis doing, and Lewis. Lewis. They're doing clever maneuvers around the side of the van and Kirkwood Smith is terrifying. He really is. He's got this he went up for the role of uh, I think it was Dick Jones and um, oh. even though he's quite small they cast him as, as Boudicca I had a lot of Boudicca's up north oh, I've have you ever heard that name? never not once not once Kevin no nor have I maybe they mean the north of England somebody maybe. just said that to us on Twitter and, oh uh, really? and I thought are they yeah there are no. Boudicca's up north that name oh yeah well, not here anyway here we are. We're going into. I remember when uh, I do. I must have been quite young actually when I saw this because I do remember getting quite um, anxious that this felt like it was moving into a horror movie territory. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't have felt that way if I was a little older. But I do remember feeling quite like uneasy. It it, it didn't feel safe. It felt creepy. I was already. Let's say I'm watching this right. I was already traumatized by the scene in the uh, in the exec's room. And I'm the exact same as you. But now we're in a great location scouting because it feels it feels terrifying and inhuman. It feels like scouting. a Mission Impossible uh, meeting conference room. Yep. 
But now we're going to we're going to go into the scene that made me actually turn off the film. I actually turned off the film. It didn't. I just and I I felt nauseous. I think I remember just feeling nauseous and sick. And after seeing what I witnessing poor Alex Murphy's crucifixion, which is literally what it that must have been a terrible sixteenth birthday for you. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's funny you do say though, like the crucifixion of Alex Murphy, because um, there's a moment towards the end where he is walking over shallow water, yeah, and it, it sort of hits home the Jesus metaphor. Of, oh yeah, it's total Jesus metaphor throughout this. She like can't help resurrect his dick. She, yeah, there you go. Um, there's the women for you. <laughs> so patronizing. Ah, uh, we've all been in your rhinos. <laughs> you just you do everything in your eyes everything in your power to stop those eye muscles from going down right left I genuinely I always wouldn't. think you can tell a psychopath by um, where they stand in a urinal like when you go in you obviously go to the furthest one away from the yeah. door Yeah. and if the next person in they should know that they're automatically to go to the furthest one away from you Yeah. and then the next person that comes in they go equidistance from both of you but if somebody comes in and they stand like one away from you or or two away from you you think you're not right you yeah. you <laughs> this is not the way this is you're breaking yeah. the social contract here <laughs> and if they open their belt and unbutton their pants and drop their pants below their butt then we're de- we're definitely in weird weird territory <laughs> which i've encountered it's very weird oh, jesus <laughs> yeah i remember going into a dive bar in la and um yeah, I asked for the key to the, to the, I think you need to get a key to, to use the bathroom. Yeah. And the bathroom had a urinal next to a sink and a toilet right beside the urinal. Yeah. I thought, like, is this like, does, does somebody ever come in and sit down on the toilet while somebody else is at the urinal <laughs> or somebody else is washing their hands? It was like yeah. fucking baffling. Yeah. Sometimes American toilets are, yeah, do do really unnerve me. You go in, you go, come here. These gaps, first of all, the stalls with all these gaps where you barely, <laughs> barely have any privacy. Also, the person that's standing there like holding out their hands for like a tip so they can give you like, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> cheap soap. No, poor Alex has been caught, even though he's taken out a couple of the bad guys, he's now been captured by Clarence Bodiker. Al- Alex feels like such an 80s name. There aren't enough Alex's now. Cool helmet. You, you I, had like Alex from Family Ties. You had, Ali, I think, little Alex from Charles Play. Okay. Alex Murphy. You don't really hear of any uh, Alex's. As yeah. Album. I literally can't think of a single Alex. Really. Except for the Alex in front of my face. Alec, there's a few Alex. Whenever I think of so, this came up with Dan when he was on SFX. This oh, yeah. sequence, I'm slightly preempting it a little bit. Uh, but, no, um, talk about it now because we're going into it now. Yeah, so Dan was talking about how they built the rig and they had a, a maquette. Would you call it a maquette? They had sort of a full size model of um, awesome. of Peter Weller. 
So from the hand uh, onwards, they just kept building more and more parts of them to, to blow up. Jesus. But there's a... That's it. Go back to episode nine, I think it is. When Dan Best talks effects. about... This is really disturbing. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. It's still... It's still... Oh, Jesus Christ. It actually still has um, an effect to me, this, this scene. It's obviously... I watched it too young and it still sticks with me. Uh, Would you Rob show your 14. kids this? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'll just wake them up out of bed now and bring them in. Rob Bottin. <laughs> Rob Bottin is the genius behind all this. The guy Wasn't Rob Bottin the guy who did um, Luffy's Magic on The Thing? So... Yeah, Dan- and he also played Blake in uh, The Fog, one of the, um, oh. the pirates. Oh, God. Yeah, this is director's oh. Kevin. Yeah, because I could see that. You can actually, cut on this Blu-ray copy, you can still see the 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 inserted shots. They're a little bit greener. That's an inserted shot there. Um, yeah, Robotine was a, is a, a bit of a genius. And he, after listening to the Q&A, he's actually directly... Retired. Um, over, but he influenced the um, how Robocop is how we f- are introduced to Robocop on screen. It's uh, Robotine told Verhoeven how to do it, and we'll kind of get to it when we get there. Which is like from the his point of view, like from behind the voice. No, from uh, uh, piece by piece. Oh, he the said, bla- maybe behind the glass. Yeah, all those little stages. He said. So that's that, a model. So this, is all, this is all a model. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Really, a, a bit of genius uh, work. So, if you haven't heard it, go back to the best FX, uh, FX practical effects um, scene episode where Dan describes the the making of this. And uh, I loved hearing Dan's insight about the whole practical effects thing. It's really brilliant. Mm. Makes you appreciate all of the the. the I, I just liked it because it was somebody new to talk to. Yeah, yeah. You're sick of hearing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> saying uh, all that jazz yeah. <laughs> that was an awful death so that's he's been crucified he's been crucified it's not it's not gonna be the worst death in this though uh, for me it, it was the most traumatic one for me maybe it actually is but there's definitely a more disgusting death but Later don't on. you like still now like this is bold. it came out in 87 we're 30 34 34 yeah 34 years on from it I <laughs> but this is pulling all this all the strings for me I know have ultimate empathy for the character Alex Murphy and what happens to him now because of the trauma he's so silly <laughs> he's had his head blown completely wide open and they're like <laughs> giving him oxygen and <laughs> Still I breathing. don't think he'd survive this, <laughs> but you know, breathing. it's <laughs> you never modern know. medicine. They can do anything. Hey, they brought back JFK. Check his teeth. <laughs> Make sure you check his teeth. <laughs> Elvis is still two cavities. <laughs> <laughs> they fake the moon landing. You know, they could do a lot of things. Someone said today, um, "Why do we think of the US as winning the space race when Russia?" Had the first cosmonaut. They're the first uh, um, animal in space. They're the first rocket in space. They don't. They they're all these firsts. Yeah. But the Americans built it around the race to the moon. They yeah. So, there was something. There was like a, a, I saw a kids thing 
on the horrible histories actually yesterday and he described the, the space race the final score in the space race was 3-2 to the Americans and I couldn't I don't know what the three the American, what three things the Americans <laughs> achieved aside from um, that was a really you know uh, sad image there of him seeing his his wife and his kid wave goodbye to him as he's yeah. you know whisked down the road that a really haunting image yeah just the mundanity this, of it, but also but how, what it signifies. And also, you know, yeah, cross-cutting that with all this life-saving attempt and very graphic, very graphic, like, images, like, of them trying to resuscitate Horrible. his, reboot his heart and uh, defibrillate him. All right, I think that's all we can do. Let's call it. What's the time? 6.15. So yeah, a children's Saturday morning cartoon. It tr- truly is. It truly, <laughs> truly is. Oh man! But I love this. I love now. So we got the the the, the we're, lens. We're twenty six minutes in, and we have and look how much story we've gotten. Yeah. And so yeah, Rob Bottin. Now we're going to get introduced to to Robocop, and he said. Yeah, he said, fine, do the POV shot. But it's when we actually see him standing up. He said, hold off on... Because Verhoeven was just going to sh- like straight up show uh, uh, Robocop in full. Like, you know, immediately we see him. But um, Botin said, no, he said, the audience will laugh at him. But if we can introduce the sound of him, the little specific uh, sh- shots of the body, so that the audience can kind of construct the image of Robocop in their minds, so that, and also see how people react to him. Again, reaction shots are very important to establish how the, how an audience should react to seeing this. Yeah, I mean, full. it really was. you're saying that if they just no cut to Robocop sitting in the armchair, you would actually laugh. Hmm. You just go, what? It's funny. Yeah, you, we're reacting to people's reaction. All of this is pe- other people's reaction. Even this I building and stuff with the arm. Um, Miguel Ferreira is now going to test out the arm and you in your head are doing the the maths that, oh, hang on a second. There's just a torso. There must just be just be a torso of, of Robocop on a chair right now. And like, it's good stuff. Hmm. I remember the sequel. I know we're not talking about that one, but um, I found that one really unpleasant. Yeah, Robocop 2. Yeah, I know. I was was joking. That was the one I went back to more than Robocop 1. I found it less disturbing. Uh, Horrible. Yeah. When the kid is watching the guy have um, surgery performed on him with no anesthesia, that just weirded me out. Yeah. I was able to handle it more than this one. And that was a oh, horrible God, the set, opposite apparently. for me. Yeah. Apparently that was an awful set. Apparently it was a terrible experience for Irvin Kirshner. Isn't it Irvin Kirshner who did Emperor Strikes Back as well? Directed Robocop 2. Yeah. It was. The, um, Nancy Allen said he just did not like her. Yeah. So here we are now. The introduction of Robocop. And we see everyone admiring him. Yeah, and it's this, yeah, this, the servo motors. It's the sound effects are so important. It's the black guy smiling again. Yeah, and we get a glimpse of Robocop in the monitor right there. We, so we see him passing the monitor, and it's like a very oh, you kind of got a, a kind of just a side glimpse of his shoulder. Um, You're like, what does he look like? Does he look like yeah. what's on the poster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, he sounds cool. We know he sounds excellent. <laughs> And now he's, uh, it's he's funny how you sort of like 
films are built around you experiencing things without knowing anything at all other than what you're seeing and then marketing materials will always sort of like undercut it because they've got to entice you somehow yeah so it's like if you watch Terminator 2 without knowing anything about that film the structure is set up where Arnie's character is introduced like a villain again mm-hmm. so the, the reveal that he's a good guy comes within the movie but all the uh, trailers and the marketing uh, establish that he is a good Terminator this time and the film plays very differently if you don't know that mm-hmm. see there we just saw Robocop walking by the frosted glass and everyone even the criminals what, are what all is just, this shit everyone is just like everyone is just like yeah whatever yeah we've got the serial killer it doesn't matter just go look at this cool robot thing <laughs> yeah it's so cool though it's such a great way to introduce him yeah they literally are like kids you know and he looks amazing. You see him I love the back. That. Oh, he looks brilliant. Podbot's a fan. And uh, Miguel Ferrer said, he said, it looked like shit in, in real life. He said, standing in the, uh, at the queue for lunch. And, I bet Rob Boutin liked him. <laughs> oh, Miguel Ferrer. Hey man, oh, I saw your, uh, I saw the uh, Robocop suit. Oh my God. He looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, it looks like that. Be fun. But he said, he put, but what he said then is he qualified and he said, smiling again. Why is he always smiling? His, his whole character is built around, I find everything amusing. That's why he isn't killed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he said once the, once the sound was added, he said it was so. This is vital. the way I sit doing the uh, podcast <laughs> on this, on this uh, rotating chair. Yep. <laughs> Plugged in like that. Plugged in, yeah. Scanning my iPad, laptop, phone, second monitor, Uh, ring light. uh, (laughs) I know all of these sounds. Do you have a ring light? Oh my God. Just for your anus. Amazing. (laughs) It's a bad joke. It glows in the dark. (laughs) I don't actually have a ring light. I remember when we first began, you said, and we can also like do video uh, episodes. I thought, that's absolutely yeah. definitely not happening I'm not, <laughs> I'm not putting myself on YouTube you can forget that yeah. um, and I'm so glad we didn't because now we, we now we, everyone knows we just do this uh, fully fully naked oh I love again this reveal of like uh, now we're in the, the, the firing range and we go so down, when oh, I see this along. what comes to mind for me is that I ripped the sound from this section and then overlaid it with um, Wally saying, you know, his name. Yeah. So I took the gun from here and from okay. when Robocop said, uh, dead or alive, you're coming with me. And then I just put it all together. So it sounded like Robocop was executing Wally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you do so This much is the shit episodes. that I do when I'm doing it. Yeah, seriously. An episode. Everyone needs to know Kevin does so much work on his episodes and I literally phone it in. You don't oh, literally this. phone it in. You've got a mic. Sorry, Kevin. I need to stop saying literally. <laughs> but look at him. Look at him. He's amazing. And then the, this is the signature twirl of the firearm and into the holster. She knows the there's still something human about him. Yeah. And she knows... This might be. Yeah, the, she, still, she, knows Murphy, the, she doesn't know what's Murphy yet. 
she does. She she knew just by that, by the him spinning the um. Oh, sorry, his yeah, gun like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they did the close up on her face, sort of looking quizzical, no, thinking. What, what I meant was Kevin that prior to that moment, she didn't know that he was Murphy. She's just she's just caught oh, she, by she, that moment. Yeah. She just copped it right there. As a cop. As a cop. That's a proper detective work. He spins his gun. That robot spins his gun like my former partner. They must be. Oh, the music. Listen to the music. I'm not listening to it, but I can hear it. Dun, 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 dun. It's in Neither my head. It's in I my head. I hate when people sing on podcasts. I, it's one of my pet peeves. And they do it all the time oh. on the American sort of, um, uh, uh, the ones where they do all the improv. They always burst into song and I just want to strangle them all. Stop okay. singing, you bastards. I'm going to keep singing just for you now, Kevin. Uh, here's no so Robocop. Is they just what? passed uh, a shelf that had ROM Space Knight, which was one of the influences on Robocop for minor and uh, and newer. Blah, blah, the other Newmeyer. Yeah. Newmeyer. Yep. And uh, Judge Dredd as well. So if you look at that shelf, you'll see comics for... Wow. Rom, Space Knight, and Judge Dredd. And apparently, it's the Robocop, first suit. Robocop was the reason that the Judge, Judge Dredd film didn't go ahead because Robocop kind of stole their thunder of it. For mm. years, it was kind didn't of it was kind of it was put back for several years. That's what. But you were saying, sorry about the suit. Um. Yeah, the suit. The, the original design of the suit was pretty much similar to um, Judge Dredd's costume from the comic books. Yeah. Yeah. The sound now Robocop's come into the into the into the shop and the sound of him when he opens the door is like it's just it's he's the, the, it's yeah, such aura. a cliche now though that every single superhero movie has to have somebody stopping somebody robbing a diner. Or not a diner. Oh. Um uh what would you Conveni- call it? A convenience seven uh, eleven. Yeah. Yeah. There must be about 20 versions of it. And there we have, we also, this is the second or third time we've seen that. I'd buy that for a dollar, which is completely invented for Which is for the guy film. from Goodfellas. No the, uh, the weak guy. From, <laughs> no, it's not. It's, oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. And now we get. I'm doing callbacks to episodes and you can't remember what, <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Referencing. Um, we're getting the uh, yeah. the attempted rape scene. She's clearly wearing a rig there. Oh yeah, because we're putting her hair. She really is. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing with wigs. You can always tell them. You can always spot a wig. What's he trying to do? He, he's he's trying to um, readjust her dress. Cut her knickers off. No, he's just, he's just literally, he, he says, it's a bit too long. We should have it above the knee. Here we go. This is, yeah, this is a gruesome death, but it's one of those deaths where you kind of go, eh, he kind of deserves it. And he doesn't die. So there's <laughs> no point in living after that. Yeah. <laughs> but also, <laughs> this, ah. this is that thing you told me about and Amer- an, a Robocop remake. Is that what it is? Our Robocop remake. Our yeah. Robocop remake. And um, the scene, it's a scene of so many guys getting their dicks shot off. It is oh, hilarious. Very funny. And gross, but very funny. The future has a silver lining. 
I will notify a rape crisis center. <laughs> I just love the look of this film. I was just thinking the same thing. It's dirty. It's dirty, isn't it? Like, it's just... Test filthy. Yeah. And again, we're having a film with interesting-looking characters all around the place. Yeah, faces. Faces, man. I Don't just you just love them? With faces. I just want to see film with faces. Proper faces. Yeah. Give me bad skin, paunches. Yeah. Uh, greasy, greasy, greasy hair. Greasy hair. And nipples. And I'm happy. <laughs> nipples on the face, preferably. <laughs> well, nipples are the windows <laughs> to the soul. <laughs> Have you no. ever seen reporters act like that? They always get into Harassing fucking people. scrum. Have you but not seen reporters outside of ever nearly every courtroom that that this stuff starts to happen? Or maybe that's just yeah, the but movies. They, <laughs> it's just the movies because if everybody is shouting, then all you're all you're getting is channel six five reporter calling from and it's like you're not going to hear anything, so that everyone is quiet. I feel like it's only when someone's running away that they say, uh, any comment? What I love about, I don't know if you remember, but back in the, the one great thing about Ireland back in the 80s is that we had reporters that chased after cars. (laughs) They literally would follow a politician and they would, as a politician wouldn't answer the question, they would get into the car. The reporter would literally run alongside the car, alongside the car, shouting questions at him. And uh, it was a great sight. It was a great sight. These reporters don't chase after cars. Sometimes the reporters. Do you remember when they would, um, they'd all wear rollerblades? <laughs> yeah. And they would like, it would, it would, it looked like a rollerball. They'd be bumping up against them. Yeah. Tarnish the tarnish it. Do you have any comment? Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't take any envelope. It was just a bag of, it was just a bag of seeds. <laughs> And now we see Robo because he's now come to this hostage situation and he's using his thermal vision. We'll get to seeing all his uh, his powers. And he just punches through a goddamn wall and pulls. Now, that guy- so you can see why Neumeier, who was on the set of Blade Runner, would have been inspired to do a reversal of, well, there we go. Neumeier backs up my take on... Blade Runner which is that rather than a human chasing down robots or replicants he wanted to have a robot chasing down humans and uh, do the inverse of Blade Runner so there you go now is this a theory you've you've developed is this a theory you've developed as in or is this something you've heard him say Uh, no it's exactly him and Minor got together by combining their ideas which was a super cop and um and yeah, whatever the hell Minor was, was working on. But uh, yeah, Neumeier wanted to do a reversal on Blade Runner, which was to have um, a robot protagonist. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That is so cool. Isn't it? It's a great that there, there's that connection between them. No. Nuke them. Get them before they get you. The ads, the ads, the fake ads in this film are just crazy. They're all... 
<laughs> but they all are great because they expand the consciousness of the world. They expand kind of like the... Um, their do you know if we ever get a spoof scene? Do you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to create fake ads for the, the episode. God, Kevin. <laughs> you know, I know you will too. This is, this is the thing. I know you Absolutely will Absolutely know you will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I will, list, dear listeners, I will never go to such lengths for you. For Kevin here, Kevin, he's love for, for, for going to extra, to going to extra mile just for your entertainment. I think you have to appreciate it. <laughs> this is the benefit of not having kids. <laughs> the audience are my kids. I'm Santa Claus and I just want to give gifts to all the listeners. <laughs> One day I'm just going to let my kids sit in the hosting chair for me, sit in as a replacement for me. Oh my God, I'll, I, I won't be able to say anything. I'll be, because I swear so much. <laughs> well, not as much as they do. That urinal is very low down. That's for the kids. Oh. Um, <laughs> the, the young executives, the, the 14 year olds <laughs> working at I lo- OCP. <laughs> I love that these, so, um, uh, Miguel Ferreira is is in the in the urinal, and they've both been talking shit about um, Ronnie Cox. Now listen, and everyone scampered <laughs> off. <laughs> One guy left, and he's just pissed his pants. It's just Ronnie Cox. Every CEO and head exec that I know, they have a toilet in their office, an ensuite. Some of them even have showers. So this is uh this is complete bullshit. But they they make a point in this. That this is the executive, this is like, you know, special executive Oh, right, toilets. the executive lounge. Yeah, yeah. This is, they make a point of it, that you're in the executive lounge. There's a beat here where Ronnie Cox is intimidating Miguel Ferreira, and in the script they had it. You love Ronnie saying Cox that pulls, name. <laughs> I do. Pulls his hair, and uh, Miguel Ferreira, it was like booked against that for the longest time. And it wasn't until the day they were shooting it that Ronnie Cox told him, he said, look, and well, he said, well, he's, he convinced me, he says, look, man, don't worry. Like, because Miguel was thinking, I'm going, I'm going to lose it with you. I'm going to actually punch you back if you do that to me. And eventually Ronnie Cox kind of like convinced him, said, look, I'm, we'll do it all right. And he let him do it. And he was really glad. He's, he said that he was just so glad that Ronnie, Ronnie allowed him to pull his hair because it's a bloody, it's again, a vicious act. It's a vicious act. And it's very, um, it stands out. That's an odd reaction for him to have. I, if I was an actor, I'd be like, you know, fucking belt me. I don't care. Yeah, as long as you I, don't I, injure me, but like, uh, do whatever makes it I think, feel uh, interesting and real. I th- I think he was afraid because he actually, it might immacul- emasculate him a little bit. And I think that's more, more of it. I think he's like thinking, you're going to win the scene over me. Yeah. Don't emasculate. And his reaction here, where he, we just saw him pull his hair, like Miguel gives it, like, is about, wants to hit him. It's a and great he did scene. Want to hit him. It's great. It stands out because of the hair pull. The hair pull kiss makes him kind of. Kiss him. <laughs> Do you ever see uh, boxes when they're squaring up to each other for the weigh in? Right. And <laughs> oftentimes they'll, like, peck them on the lips, just <laughs> fucking piss them off. Jeez, yeah, and it would drive him wild. It would just drive him wild. <laughs> just drive absolutely. Trigger all their ape reactions. But the thing about, the thing I've learned, the thing that has stuck me from this film is that physicality is so vital in a scene. Little touches of odd physicality. 
um, can Listen. really stick in your head as an audience. I, w- I was listening to Matt Damon on uh, a podcast recently. He was talking about uh, Nicholson on The Departed. And Nicholson um, was scheduled on the call sheet to come in and do an eighth of a page where he was in a field and he shot a guy in the head. And Nicholson said, I've seen that so many times. So um, he said to Scorsese, make it a woman instead, because that's already more interesting. And then he said, and leave the camera rolling. So when he shoots her in the head, then Nicholson ad-libbed, she fell kind of funny. And uh, he said, that's a, a weird thing for him to say. And he said, also put Ray Winston in the scene with me so I can have somebody to bounce off of because he wasn't yeah. scheduled to be there either. And uh, Ray Winston takes out an axe. And then um, Nicholson says, uh, no, wait a second. I think I want to fuck her again. And um, oh. Ray Winston looks at him and says, you ought to see somebody that's really not right. And uh, Nicholson cracks up laughing like, I got him. And yeah. Matt Damon was going to this saying, there was nothing that was added to the schedule. It was everything you had. You didn't make the film more expensive or anything. You just sort of let the camera roll a little bit longer and you tried to add more and more interesting things you hadn't seen before into the scene. So what was originally just sort of a, a cutaway of Nicholson shooting a guy in the head, execution style, kneeling in a field, became this really interesting character moment and they cut it down in The Departed. So he doesn't actually say, I want to fuck her again. That's cut out. But wow. the other stuff where he's like, she felt kind of funny. is like, that tells you so much about that character. How many people he's, he executed where he would have that insight into somebody wow. falling. Yeah. So Off that's topic. amazing. But this is, uh, no, no, no. That's this really is where uh, Lewis is having her first interaction with uh, Robocop in the hallway. She's past him and uh, she's trying to figure out, does he remember her? And now, well, even more significantly, is that Robocop is after having his first nightmare, where he's yeah. seen through the monitors that he's, he's, uh, body cares come back into his dreams and he got up off, off his chair and has just marched out. So he's questioning himself and Lewis comes at the right time. She says, Murphy, it's you. He steps back. But I love what you said. That's, that's the beauty of a live action film, is that if you allow for that moment of, a, of a not inspiration but um natural more just what can you do to make yeah. it a little bit more interesting what what more yeah. can you put across what what can extra elements can you sell yeah details in this details moment. yeah just details finding little little yeah trying to do yeah, those unique moments and that does those little beats can really help elevate you know an overall film mm there are also stuff that get cut though it just becomes about the information is that he kills people we need to see just that forget everything else and then that's why some films end up being great and other films end up feeling very perfunctory mm. I feel like I've said that before in this podcast but I think if you hold on if you if you if you know if you 10 ad-libs and out of 10 you have, might have one that is worth it then I think it's worth the gamble mm. It's so clockwork. I mean, we're coming up now 50 minutes in. We're at the halfway point already. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And again, you know exactly what's going on. Now the machine is is uh, the thing that they haven't counted for, these, these execs, is 
the, that he his humanity remains. Yeah, they couldn't and, uh, they erase couldn't him entirely. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so now we got the scene where one of Boddicker's um, uh, henchmen goes to a petrol station to fill up on um, on petrol. His motorbike. Gasoline. My daughter today said to me, "Where did you put the gas, Dad? When we were getting the pe- when we were getting the diesel in the car?" And I went, "What did you say?" She's she just turned five. Where did you? Where do we put the gas? Oh, she's oh watching God. American TV shows. Yeah, TV shows, and so I just went, "Oh my God, my dear," she says, "That's the wrong word." And then she, and but then she qualified, and she says, "Listen, listen, Dad, I'm only small. Oh, I'm only small. I'm still learning. I'm still learning." She said, "I was just learning," and I went, "You're totally right. You learned the right word for it." Listen, douchebag. I'm only five. <laughs> She said, listen, Dad, I'm only small. I'm still learning. And I just went, ah, yeah, listen, I'll give you a minute. Um, I didn't kick her out of the car. I didn't let her walk. <laughs> it's all allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, here's one of those. Um, what's the, the um, split focus? The die. What do you call those things? When split you just, diopter. Split diopter. It was just one right there. I never noticed it before. Poor guy. What's your plain geometry? I always thought that was like plain geometry as like simple geometry. It's actually plain geometry. Do you think that it would have been cooler if Robocop was on a motorcycle rather than in a sort of a sedan? I think this is so cool. I think this is so cool. He just suits that that car. I think it would be cooler if he had a jetpack. No. The third film. (laughs) I've only seen the third Uh, film once. I actually have it because I bought the the Blu-ray set so of those three films and um, I will go and watch that third film just to see what it's like I always love when they start shooting metal oh yeah the ping no but it's like you idiots just either shoot him in the face or don't shoot him this is amazing though the way that he's sort of having this uh, he's disassociating as he's looking at this guy we killed you he just shuts down yeah and we're going to get an amazing walking away from an explosion yeah. moment. This was back when you could do it and it was cool. So, if... Did I tell you that um, it's impossible to light petrol on fire from a cigarette? You never told me that, no. I'm sure I did. Who else did so I say it to? You mean I've been wasting all my Saturdays hanging around petrol <laughs> stations? God damn it. <laughs> No, but it's not the the the. Uh, you see it in movies where somebody will flick a cigarette at mm-hmm. like a pool of petrol or, or gasoline, and yeah. um, it would ignite. It won't ignite. The fluid will put it out, but you can set the vapors on fire. Oh, you, okay. you'd, need a, you'd need a naked flame like a match. Right, okay. I'm sure I've said that. Listeners, have I said that before in this podcast? No, I'm sure I have. You have not. No, no, I don't. I don't. I listen to this podcast every night to go to sleep to. And uh, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> On half speed. <laughs> I lo- And again, he's here's Robocop now. And he's just. How many kids through. pretended to walk like Robocop? I bet you millions. And how many kids gave the finger to cops? I bet millions. 
the only thing I would fault with that was when he turns around, you can quite clearly see, you know, that's a that's a puppet arm, but um and it kind of stood out the the, the motion and the motion of the arm didn't quite match. But I'll give him a break. But again, this is back in the nineteen eighty seven. All of this with dial up internet. So cool. Dial I wonder when actually I don't actually know when this is set let's actually look we never actually see I just wonder if I can find it out um, you guess what year it's set in 2094 AD um, oh do you know that there's uh, sorry I, I, in finding that I didn't realise that apparently I haven't found the year it's set. But there's apparently a, a, a sequel has been, a direct sequel has been uh, has been announced. Well, it's they announced a lot of shit. It doesn't mean anything. Is this going to be um, with Blomkamp? Robocop Returns. And yeah, that's not going to happen. Maybe not, no. A direct sequel to just the first film. That's what they said. Oh, we might see, we see a date of birthday for Alex on the screen. Uh, we didn't see his date of birth. Or did it see date? Rewind it. <laughs> and you can edit it. Does that term mean anything anymore? Rewind? Rewind it. Just to my kids, because I say it. I say it to my kids, rewind that, and my kids understand that. Yeah, rewind. Primrose Lane. But like, you know, it's just one of those terms that just enters the lexicon. And its origins. People in 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 a decades to come, they will say, "Do you know how why they say why where the word rewind actually comes from? It's the rewinding of spools because things were on spools. It's like what? That's what I say. Rewind. Oh my god! It's like upper and lower lowercase letters. That comes from in printing shops. The uppercase was where they kept all the capital letters, and the lowercase was where they kept all the 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 smaller case letters and there was literally an upper oh, case oh it was an actual case and they take out the little blocks yeah so they were at the lower case was where all the lower case letters were and the upper case were in the upper case literally were was where they were positioned so that's where literally. we get upper case and lower case oh god damn it <laughs> well in that case it literally it, it's it was the right context to use literally <laughs> I'm gonna give you a complex Kevin, first of many. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> I should talk. <laughs> I Listen, one of the things that I say is obviously, and uh, I don't need to qualify things like that. Uh, and obviously, okay. and obviously, and obviously. And I'm like, wait, and obviously what? Shut up. <laughs> Wouldn't you think they would have cleaned up? Now, if you were trying to sell a house... If you're but the mother out. obviously had a fucking breakdown. Her husband's head was blown off. They didn't even have but a funeral. They're trying to sell the house. They've put in, the estate agents have come in and put in like a virtual uh, estate agent device in all the rooms. Yet they didn't, they failed to, to, to clean up the mother's grief shrine to her. It's so good though, the way that it's put it's together. Good. I mean, I love all this. Not many films would go to this extent of showing all this. Because it's yeah. it's character stuff. It's not um, it's not helping the plot in any way. It's all to service the arc of the character. Mm, that's true. Yeah. I love you. 
Mm, thanks, Gip. <laughs> <laughs> so if he eats paste, does he have a bomb hole? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where the robo nappy comes in. There's like a little flap where his butt is, and it just and little packets roll out of his poops. Dried, like rabbit shite yeah. pellets. Where, where's Robocop? <laughs> He's squatting down, releasing his pellets. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, crime! Uh, <laughs> and they forgot to like program him to use the toilet, so he just does it anywhere. <laughs> and now Robocop's in like the tech noir nightclub, and this dumb, and he's catching one of them. Kick the, him in uh, the, kick him in the, the it's so the stupid plastic groin. Yeah. Ow! 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 ow, ow. Again, grabbing by the hair. It's uh, repeated in this film. Robocop drags him out by Yeah, his, uh, maybe by there's something to that. Mm. It's very emasculating, I find. Here we're back with um, Miguel Ferreira. And he's... Uh, Morton. He's having a, a party with two ladies. I don't think you could call those ladies, to be honest. And for some reason, they're... They've obviously stopped baking because there's just baking soda on... You get me so horny, baby. That is... The, why would they put the Coke all over... Spread it over the table like that? It's so messy. What the hell is she doing? Such a... The, the excess in the 80s. But, you know, on set, apparently a lot of uh, a lot of this was being used as well. According to him, he said, yeah, there was a lot of cocaine going around set. I'm not surprised. Wow, how could you act on that stuff? It was all for Hoven, I'd imagine. Allegedly, allegedly. Do you reckon? Oh, come here. Bring Robocop in. We're gonna put the camera over there. We're gonna fucking shoot it over there. We're gonna move again. We're gonna, we're gonna have a dolly shot. We're gonna Robocop, 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 Robocop. <laughs> Calm down, Paul. <laughs> more squeeze, more violence, more violence. <laughs> oh, buddy boy. We gotta see the titties. Get the titties out. Where the titties? It is so intimidating. Like, uh, body care. Like, oh, every act of violence in this film, I find, is brutal. And that's what's different about Verhoeven's films. They're, the violence isn't throwaway. I like the fact that it's not digital blood. I know they wouldn't have had the ability to do it. But there, there's a quality to the way he shoots his action scenes, where it's not just like, like a, a generic... 80s American action movie where he just blows a guy away. There really is consequences. And what I mean is the consequences. We feel the brutality. We feel the blood and we see it. Yeah. It's, it feels awful. It's and not like Verhoeven's quality. Bond film where somebody get shot and they just sort of fall over. Or that recent Marvel movie where the um, Black Widow's sister mm. shanks a woman with a dagger in the, the belly, twists it and pulls her across basically disemboweling her and the woman is lying on the ground with just a, a damp patch not even her clothes torn and um, yeah. she's basically falling asleep and that's how they're showing vicious violence in a kids film it's crazy <laughs> like the casting this, this looks widow. painful this, yeah this genuinely looks 
like uh, it's brutal. And I and, and honestly, that's the way I feel violence should be depicted on screen. So we should see the, the yeah, it shouldn't be it. it shouldn't be um, throwaway, unconsequential. Yeah, unconsequential. Just like ah, I've shot you, bang, you're dead. You know. This is your drug lab, Kevin. I have never, ever had a drug lab. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Think about it, chum. Good business is where you find it. Which, yeah, this is so. Uh, I would say this is what the first of Verhoeven's kind of like trilogy of of kind of like satirical sci-fi films, and three fantastic films. This total recall, total recall, Starship and super. Starship. And super Starship. troopers, <laughs> totally Starship troopers, Starship troopers. Yeah, they really are a trilogy, and they're fantastic. I love them all. I wonder why he left Hollywood. Was it just that he wasn't getting the work, or he just was not Sugars? Sugars yeah, really not. damaged his career. It was a, he was basically became. I think in Hollywood you can very quickly enter director jail, and um, that for him and. Um, God, what's what was the name of the writer? We talked about him so much, and I kept getting his name mispronounced. Joe Esterhas. Esterhas, yeah, Joe Esterhas, and himself. They really did burn. Went into director and writer jail after Showgirls. So no I just listened. I just listened to um, the episode uh, for Mission Impossible Fallout, and I called Emilio Estevez Emilio Esterhas. <laughs> and uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, I called Kirsten Scott Thomas, and I kept calling Solomon Lane Solomon Kane. Oh, and I didn't notice yeah. any of that. I was like, we, what is wrong with my brain? Oh, we continually, like, I know I continually mistake and mispronounce people's names. And I do think it might be a factor of going past the 40 mark. Like, I definitely noticed that my recall ability and um, pronunciation of some people's things. Honestly, mine's been bad since I started to, I'd say from about about three or four years into my screenwriting career when it was properly like going after Grabbers. um, Yeah. Just juggling so many different character names and plot points and uh, just, you know, focusing on compartmentalizing what you could remember, what was important to remember that everything else would just fly out the window I couldn't remember who I was dealing with what executives I'd spoken to or uh, who I'd spoken to on the phone because I would just remember the character names and the side characters and mm-hmm. on all these there different projects and I think it sort of just melted my brain a little where now I have no recall whatsoever but I remember on my first feature um, live action feature the director kept calling me the, he kept mis- mistaking my name for one of the characters' Fucker. names, one of the lead character's name. But I totally understand why he was doing it. I actually now go, oh, he just kind of equated me with that character. And uh, he kept calling me Noel. I was like, going, I'm not Noel. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Like, uh, you going Nancy Allen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was it. He just had that character in his head so much. Like, he would just. But Nancy Allen is a person. Well, my mm. God. You really are losing it. I am. No, we have. We're back to Robocop, and it's this awesome. This is this for me. And we're back. Is I want to talk. If we're talking about screenwriting structure, this for me is his the mid act climax of this whole film. 
you talked about this being a kind of a. a what is a mid-act climax? I, this is. Do you a mean like? Climax. Do you mean like the midpoint? The, yeah. Well, whatever. That the middle oh, yeah, part yeah, of yeah. the movie where we see no, where, we, where, where we're shit. No, this is definitely. Go, this is yeah, this is definitely the midpoint. Even though we're slightly yeah. past the midpoint, but oh, um, just, it, kind of loosely. I think everyone knows this loosely. Where we get where we get yeah. like Robocop being Robocop in full kind of kick-ass mode, and we and it's after this the layers of Robocop get stripped away. So Robocop now has reached his fullest potential. And it's post this moment where really the layers really, even though they've begun to be stripped away when he had his nightmares and what. Well, he's about to he's about to realize that the person that created him is also invo- working with the person that killed him. Yeah. So he's going to realize that the system is corrupt. Mm-hmm. As Paul Bot said, and and best robot scene. Yeah. I believe the glass he's throwing him through there is real glass. And they had like little devices set to shatter the glass just before the character went through it. No, are you taking the piss or is that real? No, it's true. No, and actually that's this is an actual fact, and I don't know. No, if you look, we see him go through a couple of layers of glass right now. So watch. That is that what he's going through is real glass. That's not sugar glass. No, it's not sugar glass, no. No, it's real you glass. Cocksucker. Yeah. I don't know why they chose to do that, but they did. Uh, for those listening, I'm reading the subtitles. I'm not actually just calling Will. <laughs> and for those listening, probably I just ignored it, Kevin. <laughs> as you said, just as he, he said something and I just didn't. When listen. we started out on Jaws, the first episode, we said, um, let's make sure not to talk over each other. Let's to allow space because we're not going to be editing the commentaries. And now we're on the last one and we're just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> it's just like fuck it you know what we're saying yeah. we just keep talking over each other I was telling Kevin um, this is just all for our listeners I'm actually recording my tomorrow morning I'm actually recording my first like real audio commentary for one of my own films but, <laughs> but, had, but no what I mean by that is this has been the best this item was been either the best or the worst practice for for doing that tomorrow because tomorrow I'm just going to end I up just, talking all over the director tomorrow <laughs> just, I just hope that Tom will be like saying uh, <laughs> uh, Dwayne Johnson fuck him <laughs> I mean, I'll start going I'll just start going into my um, Arnold Schwarzenegger Kerry accent <laughs> take me to the chopper <laughs> take me to the chopper will <laughs> please do <laughs> and report back I'll be back <laughs> Everything is 80s. Even the globe in the office is 80s. Yeah. So you see where... So Robocop brought in Boddicker into the station. And Boddicker spat blood on the desk. And again, that was an improvised moment that uh, Kirkwood Smith came up with. And he says, what if I what if I spit in the desk? I've got blood in my butt and I spit in the desk. And of course, Verhoeven went, oh yeah, do it, do it. So, and again... Did you see the building a, that they just drove into? That was a I model. Did. No way. Yeah, they the matched grit, the, the actual bottom half of a building with the top half uh, model, and they, they sort of matched the two of them together. Great, it though. It really worked, yeah. Gel Those are sort of one. invisible practical effects, and we're going to see another um, model matte right here, where it's that. Oh, you can see it, yeah. But again, it looks so good. It does. Like, I, I don't mind watching that. I don't mind watching that 
effects, it looks like practical. The only bad effect in this is when Dick Jones goes out the window and he's got the super long arms. <laughs> and I think that was that was down to low budgets and no time. I think that's the reason it went like that. But when you see the actual model itself that they were, you know, tweaking, it does have stupidly long forearms. <laughs> Why did it? So it's like, it's like, lads, what's going on here? They must have thought it was going to be on a different lens. I was actually, I'd love to find out what happened there. Coke. Uh, maybe that's what it Allegedly. Was. Just make well, his arms longer, longer, make them longer, that'd be fine, longer, 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 longer. <laughs> I will. If you were to rename this movie, what would you call it? If, if they said, it... we can't do Robocop because there's a Japanese children's pro- project called that. It needs a new name. I would call it um, Android Garda. <laughs> Android Garda. <laughs> what about you? Have you got a name for it? I would call it... Um, Murphy 2.0. Oh, you actually went for a kind of a proper attempted. Yeah, because I, uh, I couldn't think of anything funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time, says you. <laughs> but well, you've done it more than I have. Robocop has come in to face off Hasn't against. Hasn't he got very big Dick tits? Jones? And uh, I'm just ignoring that. And because I don't want to describe to the listeners where we are, he's coming he's to got, like he, gorilla tits. Yes, yes, stop talking about his breasts, Kevin. Those are like what his are they? Ch- chesticles. Chesticles. Now he's come in to arrest Jones, but Directive Four, the hidden secret directive, has been engaged. I want to know. And again, how did they get shit. Ed Two O Nine up onto that floor if he can't go up the stairs? Elevator. Straight elevator. So wh- where's that elevator? Around the back. Where you carry the freight up, where you bring up all of uh, Ronnie Cox's cargo elevator. Yeah, he's all his um, cocaine. His shipment of cocaine comes in big containers. Allegedly. So now we have Allegedly. <laughs> well, actually, for Hovens, shipment of cocaine. Fueled him for like a whole decade in Hollywood, so. <laughs> So now we have robot fight, Robocop fighting off against um, Ed 209. Miniatures, miniature work, which, you know, it looks... I actually don't mind it. You can quite clearly it's, see it's miniature. It's, it's endearing, cute, I find. As, uh, as there we go. Papa would say. I say endearing. I find it endearing. He's cute. And it gave him, like, this lion's roar. That robot, this kind of lion's roar, and he's... Um, his language oh you could see on blu-ray I could literally see the when he was shooting rockets at Robocop there oh god damn it every time I'm going to do that I'm going to have to pluck a hair or something like that Um, but you could see the rocket like shooting along the cable (laughs) and here we come to Ed209's fatal flaw stairs all those fucking scientists. It's hilarious. I could just and imagine being in a, 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 a story conference and saying, um, and he can't get down the stairs. And I'm thinking, yeah, yes. well, we could come up with something better, but I suppose that'll do for now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, dude, stairs. It'll be amazing. <sighs> Look, I'm just not seeing it. I think it might make him too comical. <laughs> yeah, no, but when it's down there, it'll squeal. It'll squeal like a pig. 
And Robocop yeah. kind of like... To be fair, I don't think Robocop looks too confident <laughs> going down the stairs myself. He looks like me after about 10 points. <laughs> but he's All really the been wrapped. <laughs> he's really gotten a, a I, I just need to go to a, a bank link. Uh, can be a bank link. <laughs> Drop me back. <laughs> <laughs> but Kevin, it's uh, the stairs. Don't go down the stairs. <laughs> I'm a grand, I'm a grand. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. And therefore, they're all just going to unleash oh, all the cops just shooting them. It's awful. This is how you know that they're cops. <laughs> they just they shot it. They shot the wrong they guy. They all shoot at the same time, and they don't give a fuck. Yeah. If this, like, if yeah. Robocop was set in Ireland, though, you'd have a load of Gardaí running up to him and saying, "Yeah." Uh, would I step? Would I step into the car there, please, sir? And that would be the extent of it, because they don't have guns. Yeah, they'd have. Well, to, uh, well, some of them we have armed response units, though. But they don't in general. Yeah, but guns. but they're only in Dublin, up in that shithole. Uh, no, you. They, they're every part of the country. No, Kevin. My God, yep. the whole country's gone to the dogs. It's gone to the dogs, man. But we. I I blame Brexit. <laughs> Yeah, for um, having the cops turn against poor Robocop. Ouch. It's fairly brutal. Like, again, your heart goes out for Robocop in this scene. And I actually love his escape. I love this little physicality of kind of falling between the um, the, the little ramps. The only one that comes and sticks by him is Lewis, his partner. He's true. Because that's what partners do. Yeah. He's all the apostles have turned to him except for Lewis. Yep. Jesus Mary Magdalene. Yeah. It's it is a beautiful film. I do love this story. It's a and a tight, tight story. I love it. There's no superfluous elements to this plot. It's just well, the dinosaur advert might be a bit superfluous. <laughs> <laughs> literally, as I said it, the dinosaur. Literally. Is nine to- did I say literally? Please don't say I said literally. <laughs> you did. You just said it right there. Oh, good. Oh, God. Plucking a hair. Okay. The six tails. That's amazing. I, I, anytime I sort of call it when you say something, you, you always are like, did I just say all that jazz? Like, Jesus, don't oh, you yeah. hear yourself speak? <laughs> I heard. I actually heard myself. I listened to the Mission Impossible commentary, and I said, uh, "I believe I said all that jazz." I believe I said that sort of jazz. And a minute later, you called it out, and I said, "Have I said it already?" You said, "You literally just said it, literally." And um, <laughs> I only yeah. say it because it gets a reaction out of you. I don't give a shit. Oh God! Well, I'm not going to say it anymore. Literally, that's the last time I'm going to say it, literally. <laughs> I don't annoy me about the OCP logo. They fixed it for a second one. The OCP, there's, it should be, it's all, they've got it wrong. It, the P should be in the inside. They've got the logo backwards, but they fixed it for the second one. Sorry, that wasn't always a gripe for me. Oh, I need to look that up now. Yeah, the OCP logo, they did it, they, they designed it just poorly for the first one and the second one. Whitley. They designed it right I had a character called Whitley. And, <clears throat> Kev, I love this guy, Kiva. Kev, I love that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you're on your own. He, he looks like a genuine Kev. character they found in the section. 
<laughs> Kevin, I that's how I imagine you look right now, Kevin. <laughs> that guy, it's big, a big mop of hair. And uh, <laughs> I showed you a picture today of me bungee jumping, and you were like, "Did you actually have dark hair?" Just like, oh my god, I've been the crypt keeper for so long. <laughs> Was that before you be, you got dusty? I've been uh, plastering like mad. Shoulder pads. Shoulder pads and everybody, all the women had curly hair. Mm-hmm. Teased curly hair in the 80s. Yeah. Certainly and all the fellas, all the fellas were skinny belts. And shiny, shiny suits. Yeah. Nylon suits. Boddicker. Anytime I see an office like that. Look at my face. Sorry to cut across you. That's a first. <laughs> I'm interrupting Co. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Every time you see an office like that. Yeah, I just think that'd be awful to work in. Because you'd have oh, the sun yeah. beating in on top of you and you wouldn't be able to see your laptop. So right. That's so right. Yeah, but I've been in offices like... I've I've been in offices like that and... I've been offs like that in LA where it kind of like it's up high like that and you're look overlooking like the baking, not baking, but like the really sun sun drenched Los Angeles uh, city. But the windows are all tinted and it's the air conditioning is like, you know, just perfect. So even if it's shining towards you, you're because it's twin tinted windows, it's just pretty perfect, I would say. Capitalism. Yeah. Did we make it work for us? <laughs> it's not working for you and me anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. The, the little tracking device with just with the LED stuck it in looks, the... It looks <laughs> like an iPod. <laughs> oh, my God. And here we're back at the steel mill. Here we're back at the place where... Now, remember when I said in that episode that... Um, everything is inverted in the structure. So when they went yeah. to this um, uh, refinery, we'll say, where he was killed, yeah. they're now returning to the refinery at the same point at the opposite end of the, the, the structure of the story for um, his second rebirth or his regeneration as a character. He's going to have the mask yeah. off and he's, he's returning to be more human. So it's got this lovely so right. symmetry. Yeah. Yeah, you're so, so right. Absolutely. Where she came along to this, see him be killed, and now she's coming back. It's a great um, script. It's a great... It really is. Really, yeah, it's a great script. This isn't a schlock... This is not a schlocky film. This is a quality film. And and a low budget. Do not forget that this film wasn't a big... size of that gun. It was... This mm. was only like $11 million back in the day. So, like $11 My million God, back they in made the it. They made it work. Yeah, there's nothing. They had, for this type of a film, they had no budget. The baby I was always that, worried that they shot. What about? We're just going to keep talking over each other. Insult the baby now. <laughs> no, I was going to say the baby on the baby food looks like the meme of that baby that's doing the fist. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. I always worried when I first saw this. I actually looked away because I was worried about what I'd see when he lifted the, the helmet off. 
my god, my hair. I'm bald. So, oh yeah, it was when he was doing this stuff. That's when Peter Weller was saying that he was going to the makeup chair when the guys were going out for drinks. So oh, I'm sure he would be. Nine, so he was six and a half hours uh, uh, in the makeup chair just to get the, the head prosthetics done, not a mind putting on the costume. Putting on the suit. It looks fantastic, though. Yeah, yeah. Rob Bottin again. It was his magic. He kind of created a fake. He elongated his forehead to make it work. He said the key to making the head working was making his forehead longer. Um, Giving him a five head. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing looking. It's like it's like the bullet. It's like you could still see the bullets where the bullet wound was. It's like the bullet's still stuck there, even though I know it's not. But it looks like that. He's got no eyebrows. Yeah, eyebrows are very important, aren't they? they shave off your eyebrows, and you'll <laughs> you, you'll see. <laughs> for the face. If anyone's missing your eyebrows, like you know, you get, it is you sweat in your eyes constantly. You do, don't you? Here we go. Yeah, that's what I thought. I meant to um to block out sweat. Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened to you where someone's shaved my eyebrows shaved off? off an eyebrow? Yeah. Has no. that ever done that to you? No. I don't run with psychopaths. My Has that mother happened to you? Did it to my father. Shaved off his eyebrows? He wouldn't. He wouldn't. His eyebrows grew very long. And he right. wouldn't get them caught or she was just like saying, you have to get them started. And when he was asleep, she went in and she, while he was sleeping, caught his eyebrows, but basically cut them off, like completely. And so his face just wasn't right for months because they grow can't, really slowly. Like, Can't you just use a, like clippers and just like sweep it across? But she did, we didn't have clippers, just had scissors. <laughs> Jesus. Back in the so he woke. <laughs> yeah, he just woke up going, why is everyone looking at me strange? The garden shears. She was shock. What a, oh, Jesus! The you, tip of his what, nose. What she did? I don't know what he would talk about. That he would said, what, "Look what you did to me face! I know eyebrows. They're all gone." Huh? Is your dad from Cork? My yeah, my see, I'm not West Cork, so he's not West. Cork, so we got he more almost of a sounds like he's accent. from. Um, he sounds like he's up from the Midlands almost. But it's where we are from. We're a cross between Kerry, Limerick, and Cork. So we have, we'll be from Kentuck and we kind of talk a bit like that. Do you know what I mean? Kentuck will be a tongue close to us, like, you know, and it's a very kind of slushy kind of accent. And it's, Would you like it's to, a strange. Would you like to buy a dog? Hold on. Where are we going now? Oh, very good. You want out to the match? Yeah. Good, 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 good. Wish you there, so. So it's kind of Kerry, <laughs> it's kind of Limerick, it's kind of Cork City. It's strange. This fucking gun. Aaron's funny comes out with this fucking gun. And he blows up. The 6000 SUX. They're so mean. I would hate to be in this gang. They're just so fucking mean. I hate them. <laughs> I'd say it'd be a bit of a laugh, really. Of course you'd say they're a bit of a laugh. Let's <laughs> go around blowing the shit up. <laughs> I mean, what I like about them is they're not capitalists. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not capitalists. It's a fucking crazy looking gun, though. Yeah. And again, there was a, just, an American woman on TikTok um, was saying she was pointing out sort of inconsistencies between things in the UK and the US, and she said, right. "Where are all the fire hydrants? Right. Where are your fire hydrants in, in the UK?" Yeah, couldn't, yeah, she couldn't make sense of it. 
they're underground, Kevin. That's generally yeah. where they are. Yeah. Yeah, you just the, you, the little square things that you sort of, uh, they come along with their little, um, yeah. their uh, little hinge thing that they, they pop it up. They just tap in that yeah. way into the mains. Yeah. Oops, little, that's bad language. Hot bad language. I'm not mains? repeating it. They, they used a, an F word from the 80s that you can't say anymore. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't hear it, Kevin. I didn't hear it, so maybe. <laughs> I read it. Okay. All right. That is a very uncomfortable looking um, bed she's made for herself. She really is. She's using, yeah, she needs her spine and neck muscles to be uh, as straight up as possible. And that batch of iron rods is going to give her spinal trouble. It really will. The thing is, they were all in their 20s, all these actors. They're definitely not anymore. <laughs> We've lost so many. We've lost uh, Miguel Ferreira. Um, he's got. He only. He died a few years ago. Uh, he did. I think Corkwood, Corkwood Smith died as well. He's, no, he's still alive. He has to be. He's oh the God. dad from um, the seventy show. He's still that seventy show. Yeah, alive and kicking. I'm just going to start killing people off. Can't. Oh no! I'm going to have to get out my um, phone and just make sure. We can't be killing people. Wood Smith. Sure he's not dead. He's dead, Kevin. No, he's not. Hang on a second. He's not. He's fucking. He's seventy-eight. He's alive. He's alive. What? God bless him. Not what I'm doing. Not what I'm doing him. He's seventy-eight. Oh, he's seventy-eight now. <laughs> Showing me up. I figure that's dead on. What if? You know, you were talking about your daughter earlier on saying uh, gas for petrol. Yeah. Um, do you notice that a lot of people over here now say uh, that figures? It's sort of like that makes sense. Ooh, that figures. Well, yeah. yeah that yeah, figures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's those sort of like um, American generic colloquialisms that people are picking up. And I've, mm-hmm. I miss an awful lot of the Irish uh, or even the Cork phrases that we used to use. That just sort of, they're gone now. That people don't use them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they're a part of their identity. And, um, yeah. Like if somebody said to you, um, uh, he's a dinger with the car. Oh, I mean, he's great with the car. He's, he's yeah. very efficient. Nobody says yeah. that anymore. Yeah. I just love that, 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 that's like sort of Hibernian English instead of like yeah, he's saying. That figures. That's the one thing I. And I don't want to talk about other podcasts, but I know now we have the showdown between Robocop and uh, our podcast podcasts. and whatever other podcast. <laughs> yeah, was, there's another really, really super famous Who podcast. Are podcast. your least liked podcasts, Will? Get it out. Say it. My least liked podcast. I don't listen to them. If, if it's my <laughs> least liked podcast, I don't listen to podcasts I enjoy. Everybody listening this. to this, recommend us to people that would like us. We want our podcast to be so uh, well known amongst those that might listen to us um, and you only have like a week or something to go until we actually have start producing proper episodes again where it's actually edited and we're actually on point and have a discussion and have uh, mm. but it, we're, we're here and it's the, it's kind of like the big showdown this is a 
Tis. Western showdown of the sheriff taking on the bad guys back as you said Kevin I love this so this is the um coming up on the, the yeah the bit where it's a disgusting death it is bad yeah it was from my reading this was an idea that was inspired from a 1970s science fiction film uh, the of the incredible melting man oh. a film called the incredible melting man yeah See, this is what should have happened to the Joker if he fell into that vat of acid. Yeah, exactly. Ow, look at his fingernails. It's awful. Oh, my God. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's awful. You'd want to be dead. I'd throw myself in front of the car. When he hits him with the car, it's like, you know, the head rolls across the car. It was a complete accident. Like, yeah, it would be excellent. I love when those little things happen. It's rolling across Oh, shit. Cap. Yeah, I wonder if that was accidental. Get off me! <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god! Of all of Are the you criminals, fingal? he's he actually kind of gets the worst beating. Um, of Are, most you, of the Are you dancing? Well. <laughs> Kiss me! If he went up with it, kiss me! Oh, Are you dancing? Oh, it's oh, it's poor. To, Oh my god, when the head just rolls across, you can saw the head rolling across the bonnet. Kids from the 80s yeah. were awesome. <laughs> the fact that a, a video library, the one woman working behind the video library, let me walk out of the video library with Robocop happily tucked under my arm, skipping, whistling along with the birds. Like, really? <laughs> Social services should have been called. Oh when I used gosh. to work in a video shop well we both worked in the same video shop in the same franchise the same Irish franchise version the yeah. of Blockbuster Extravision yeah um, even if you told parents this video game is in 18s they'd be like ah it's grand he's played uh, yeah. it before yeah, and yeah. you'd be like ah no 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 part of the the strategy of the game is that you have to beat the shit out of a hooker to get money yeah, yeah. And go to strip clubs to sort of, you know, rob pimps and stuff. And, like, it's fine. It's grand. And you feel like a bit of a square then trying to tell them, no, I, I don't think the six-year-old should be playing this. Yeah. That was, I think, to be fair to my, uh, to the to the woman who was in the video library, She, I do remember her looking at my She was Langer's. Well, no, she, she was smoking like a chimney. But I remember her. Do, she would look to my dad a few times. And say, Is it all right if he watches this? And the old lad would be going, "Oh yeah, whatever." You know, I don't keep him quiet for a while. Oh Jesus! Poor <laughs> Robocop gets a ton of metal um, deposited. I don't know, no, that's uh, the basic instinct. No, I don't think that one's for the kids. That's a big grand Give him the basic instinct, but leave behind the Terminator. I don't like that. I don't like the self-surgery and eyeballs. <laughs> he might be copping that, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Jesus, it's... Murphy's kind of, like, twitching out, and Boddicker's hitting him with Doesn't his Doesn't this rod. remind you of um, Terminator oh. 2? I bet, yeah. And he the location, jams the huh? spike in... T- Nobody jams yeah. the spike through him. Oh, God, yeah. And then, now uh, Murphy uses the... His information data blade to. Oh, uh, yeah. Look, look, look. That's, that, that was definitely um, 
inserted footage because it was so grainy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can see the grainy footage definitely. You see that blood of the the blood squirting out of Bodiker's neck. Does that like trigger your blood reaction thing at all? Does it make you no? Boozy? It doesn't actually. It's the uh, it, it for me. It's like slitting of a wrist or um. Okay. Or like in the thing when they're doing the blood uh, test, blood serum test. Yeah. When they're mm-hmm. cutting the thumb with the scalpel, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh mm-hmm. god. Um, so it's weird. It's it's it, just stuff like that. Surgeries as well. I think that's sort of like people having a surgery on them, even if it's like a, a documentary on telly. Oh yeah. Awful. You know, I. So you, don't, so you don't watch that uh, show about the pimple popper, the woman who takes out. Oh man, errands. listen. I don't understand that there are human beings in the world that love watching pimples being popped. That to me yeah. makes me want to vomit. Yeah. Like, vomit up everything I've ever eaten in my life. It's so disgusting. And some people love that stuff. Yeah. My, my, my brother, I have, to, I, have to be, I have to be very clear on which brother I'm talking about because I've mentioned my brothers and some of my brothers say, oh, my brother's friends like uh, laugh at him. But my middle brother, if he, when I was a teenager, if he saw you with a pimple, he would nearly chase your, chase your Oh house. my God. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He would, let oh me at it, let me at it. Oh God. <laughs> Just leave me alone. Pimple rape. Oh. <laughs> I would actually find that like a childhood trauma. That would really yeah, fuck me up. awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he used oh. to love him. He used to love oh. him. Disgusting. What are we doing with our lives talking about this stuff no, on here, Mike? I know, here, here, and we're talking about Robocop, for God's sake. So Robocop has actually defeated his Clarence. He's gone back to the OCP headquarters. He has taken out one of those big guns and he has just ab- eviscerated Ed 209, gone into the boardroom, and now boxes. He's, his way of torturing Morton or Miguel Ferreira uh, yeah. is going to come back to um, be used as evidence against him. Yep. These are serious charges, young man. What was your, what was your evidence? And Dan O'Hurley and Robocop both know that the only way they can get around the directive is, is to no longer void it. Black yeah. guy having, yeah. And the black void guy having the appropriate response. <laughs> yeah, watch the black guy. Just forget everything else. Just watch the black guy now. Yeah. Oh, we should look up what his no. name is because it sounds like dismissive just to call him. Yeah, but Ronnie Compton was one of the executives. Yeah, the glasses glasses wearing executive. No, he's taken uh, Bill O'Hurley, Bill O'Hurley, Dan O'Hurley uh, hostage. <laughs> Bill O'Hurley, and he says, "Dick, you're fired." Love it. Thank you. And Robocop does the, this is pure gunslinger stuff. Shoots him. Ah, yeah, there you go. Glasses executive gets up and he's like going, oh my God, that was awful. Now we saw Ronnie Cox. Oh, the model of him go falling out of the window. And it looks his, awful. His it's... character, look at him. <laughs> Give him he's the thumbs up. The glasses guy. His character <laughs> is brilliant. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> We're so on his side. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Muffy. <laughs> I'm one of the Murphys. I'm one of the Murphys from outside the treasure. <laughs> what an ending to the film. Robocop. Hard cut to black. Oh, fuck it. Bula great Boss. fucking film. Yeah, great film. Directed by great Hal film. Verhoeven. Written by Ed Nimmer. 
and Mikhail Minor, John Davison, executive producer, producer Aaron Schmidt. Did you ever used to watch uh, end credits to films and you'd see your name come up? And you'd be like, oh, oh that's like what it must look like. My name. Yeah. Oh, my name never came up. I never up, saw, ever, yeah, once. my name never came up either. But Lehan came up once. Did it? Uh, in the end credits. And I was like, oh my God, oh Jesus Christ, that's what it's going to look like. Yeah. Rob Bottin just showed up there. We need to give an extra Bula Bus. For those people who don't understand, Bula Bus is a round of applause in Irish. Bula Bus for Rob Bottin. In uh, Australia. Yeah. Daniel O'Hurley. Irish. Yeah, Daniel. Ronnie Cox. It's unusual. I've never seen a credit as Daniel. No, neither have I. Daniel O'Hurley was one of those actors who, as uh, Jose Ferreira, there's Miguel Ferreira, Bula Bus, described him as saying he was just an inch away from being huge, from... You know, just just the, the right roles didn't land his way. He was probably like the character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. He was just always just on the fringe of huge stardom. He was in a brilliant fucking film. Um, oh, God, it was... Uh, I'm having to look it up now because, uh, as we said, fail, I don't fail have a brain safe. anymore. Failsafe. Halloween 3, yeah. No, Failsafe. God, yeah. when I when I looked on IMDb, that wasn't listed in the top mentions. Failsafe is a fantastic yeah. film, and they got buried um, because Stanley Kubrick didn't like that it was so similar to um, uh, Dr. Strangelove. Um, but it, it is excellent. So for anyone out there, watch yes. Failsafe. He's also in uh, uh, Halloween 3 and The, uh, the Last Starfighter. So yes, I don't was, remember the last Starfighter because I'm not particularly fussed about that film, even though I know it's a lot of people love it. Um, I but uh, Halloween Three is quite cool. That's a batshit film, but I just love it because it's so stylish. These credits are very, very long. They're very slow because they're so few, and they just went, "Ah, sure, look, we'll give everyone a big font." <laughs> so that no is the end of the season of bonus content of us talking about sort of all our favorite scenes in some of the films i know we didn't cover every film because that would have filled 17 weeks of um mm. audio commentaries and we don't really want to uh change the format of the we show might. where there are more bonus episodes than actual real episodes but um we might get to them in the future at some stage we might actually run out of you know, those that we can go back to can do yeah uh because it gets kind of tricky, you know, for both of us, because we're both, you know, have full-time jobs besides this. So having to, and our episodes do take time to do with the researching, with the recording and the editing and putting in the clips and stuff. And so that takes time. So uh, thank you for sticking with us for this sort of a hiatus period. Um, mm-hmm. And we do intend on building in hiatuses every um, season. And if you really liked what these were, these audio commentaries we can do more of them or um if you want us to mix it up um we can look to do something else which doesn't require us you know um having to invest so much time into doing a lot of editing and post work Mm -hmm. kevin can i get in one bit of trivia that i'm just after seeing there as you as you were talking about daniel o'hurley no please thank you everyone we'll be back (laughs) (laughs) my trivia is this Daniel O'Hurley is actually, he is a genuine Irishman. He was born in Wexford. Yes, and, of course he uh, is. That's why I fucking I didn't, mentioned him. 
but I thought he was an Irish American. I thought he was like no, first no, he's full Irish, hundred percent Irish, full Irish. Yeah, like he was, he was in the gay, the, the, the gay theater, and that's where he got his experience. Sure, his his accent is is proper Irish. Oh my god! I never actually, cla- I never, I always thought he was first generation Irish. But anyway, there we go. I've just learned something new, audience. First and generation American people who didn't. Sorry, first generation American. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've enjoyed doing these. Uh, these uh, audio commentaries they've been great crack and sometimes we've been a bit delirious but uh, yeah and did you like the background case, music I because it. I have a friend that absolutely detests the background music but then he listens Why? to us on double speed so it must sound like a oh, rave he listens to us on double speed the lunatic he does he's a psychopath <laughs> Dean Lines <gasps> Dean I've just Dean. outed him <laughs> Dean Lines yeah double speed oh my so we're like um rattling through uh, half remembered facts <laughs> Dean, Dean but, uh, made yeah. a machine Jojo made a go <laughs> but yeah thanks a million everyone for listening and um, yeah thanks for picking this film for us to do and Will do you have anything you want to say as we come down to the final few seconds I want to say thanks as well yeah I love doing this and uh, it's been a pleasure and come back for season 2 we'll be back <laughs> next week did you hit stop? Well, hit stop now. I'm hitting stop right now. Okay. And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. Fuck off. <laughs> Talk to you, you stupid cuts. The best deal we can really have. And the other guy. Best deal we can really have. The other guy. You know his name. That guy. What's his face? That guy. What's his name? Ignorant as fuck. We can really have. How are you, Will? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm grand. Did you like that theme tune? I love that theme tune. It might have been my favourite so far. Uh, <laughs> I think it was as well. <laughs> definitely, I'd say it's definitely your favourite. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was at one of the great Irish traditions at the weekend. My niece's communion down at Cork. Cork. Go on. I can't wait. Well, I want to say this, right? <laughs> Kevin just slips, limply. <laughs> I, said to my, I, I said to my daughter uh, in school, on Monday mornings, they do news. What's your news, right? Nudes and bio. And my my daughter said she kept my picture up from school, and she said, um, "I said, did you do your news today?" And she says, "Yeah, but I didn't really get to say much of what I wanted to, to tell him." You know, so she wanted to tell him about the trip down to Cork, like you know. And as as is the, this just a ploy for the teacher to get all the gossip about the kids? Yeah, I think all the teachers do it. All the teachers get their children to do news on a Monday morning. And they just get all the gossip. My mum and dad were recent to head off each other on Saturday night. <laughs> and on Sunday, they went for dinner to make up. Oh, very good. <laughs> Carmel, do you have any news? My dad crashed the car again. <laughs> Let me tell you, right? So Ellie said to me, she said, no, I didn't really get to say much, like, you know. And I went, oh, well, thank God, like, you know. But then as it turned out, it turned out she said everything. She was like going, oh, we talked about, you know, your, I, I, I said, well, thank God you didn't get to tell him about my, my shaving foam exploding in my, in my changing bag. She says, oh, I did get to tell him that. 
I was like, oh, right, okay. Well, did you tell him about, you know, your your cousin, you know, the girl who was getting her communion, breaking her leg the night before the communion? Oh, yeah, I told her, told him that as well. I was like, okay, right. Did you tell him about? <laughs> did you tell him? So turns out, turns out that my go on. <laughs> at the last communion, at the last communion, right? They had a photographer. A, a photographer came over and took photographs. And right, listen, this, listen. I can see he wants to cut in, but let me just finish this, and I'll be, I'll get off it. We'll start the timer. As we kind of got together for timer a photograph started. of me and my niece. Now hold on, with my niece, right? He drops the camera, right? He drops the camera and he says to me, love the podcast. And I was, what? <laughs> he just, Another fella yeah. said that to you. Well, it was the same guy. who said, Remember I, t- I said two years ago. Is he still listening? Nieces. I don't know if he's Fucking still listening. Well, he said it to me two years ago. So he pr- he's probably not listening anymore. Are we on a delay? <laughs> I don't know. I think we might be because we're tripping over each other. Okay, let's let's uh, hang up and join in again. How does that sound? This sounds fantastic. Many bits. Welcome to the best bits. Patreon. Give us money. 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 Hello, Will. How are you? Hi. It's great to get on mic for another mini bits. Yeah. Raw. 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 Does that seem better? That does seem better. Listen, oh, I've okay. seen a load of stuff. Let's start the timer. Okay, I saw Monkey Man, I saw Civil War, I saw Conor Brian Must Go, Sugar, mm-hmm. Fallout, Ripley, the Steve Martin documentary, tons of Ooh. stuff. L- yeah. la- Late Night with the Devil, I keep wanting to say Last Night with the Devil, Baby Reindeer, The Jinx has come back. So I want to talk about all of those with you. So that's what we're going to talk about. And yeah. for those who aren't on the Patreon, bye-bye. <laughs> look, tough look. Look.